Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright. Today is March 11, 2016. We're very glad you've joined us. And we're very pleased to have here in the studio Bill Shopoff of Shopoff Realty Investments out of Irvine, California. Bill, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you very much, Charlie. Pleased to be here. So, Bill, you've been in uh, you, you and your firm have been in business uh, in the commercial, industrial, and uh, residential real estate business for uh, on the project side for over twenty five years. Tell us why do you think today is a good time to invest in real estate? Well, I've been a I've been a long term real estate investor, so obviously I'm I'm a I'm a biased uh, a biased observer. I started my career actually about thirty five years ago and started the firm twenty five years ago. You know, I, I just generally feel like it's a good non correlated asset. Uh, it gives people a differentiation from their stock and bond portfolio. Uh, and, and additionally, I think one of the things that that we like about real estate is we feel like we can influence the outcome. If we were to merely buy uh, a publicly traded stock, we're kind of along for the ride, unless we happen to have a controlling interest, maybe making a very large position. But generally speaking, we're going along with whatever the market is. And, 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 and my sense is the market mentality might be different than my mentality and and so prices get moved in a direction that doesn't necessarily represent real value in the stock market whereas in the real estate market i buy an apartment building i have rental income i don't really necessarily care about the day-to-day value of the property only when i buy or sell does the value matter it's how i get my return and in many cases certainly in any of the income property business i do whether that be apartments office buildings or shopping centers, it's I'm, I'm interested in certainly the cash flow that I'm going to receive, and then later I'm going to sell it and hopefully achieve some type of capital gain. So, Bill, tell us, wh- where do you see the opportunities lying today in real estate? Is it commercial? Is it in retail? Is it industrial? Uh, is it in residential? Is it in a rental property? Well, Charlie, I think it, it, it depends on where people are uh, geographically. And I think it also depends a lot on, you know, the scale of the of the investment opportunities. I mean, I have friends of mine that are out buying single-family homes. They have a different criteria than I do, and it's been very effective for them. But for us, we're looking across all of the spectrums that you talked about. We're, we've, we've recently acquired both office, industrial, and retail, uh, and we're very active in the residential land business where we buy land, entitle it for home builders, and then sell that land on to a home builder, resulting in a build single-family homes for you know some of your listeners. Hopefully we'll move in and enjoy them for years to come. So what are the kinds of projects that, that you're trying to focus on right now? Well, we have uh, our Uptown Newport project at the uh, on Jamboree just off of uh, MacArthur, we acquired that back in 2010 during the, the economic downturn. We, we, we call it the period of unpleasantness, the, the Great Recession. And we made a, 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 a very, what we think has turned out to be a very astute acquisition. 
We bought a 25-acre site with an existing semiconductor chip plant on it. We took it through the entitlement process and got it approved for 1,244 residential units along with some support retail. And we're currently uh, doing the site work on that and getting it ready to start our construction of uh, 455 apartments, the first part of the retail, about 11,000 square feet of retail, and then we'll add to that about 200 condominium units. Uh, and then the chip plan is still operating, and then several years from now when they're, they decide to relocate, we'll build the other approximately 600 units. So how, how important do you think geographical diversification is in real estate development? You know, we're geographically diversified, but I but I have to say that, um, you know, depending on how people are investing, sometimes just knowing your area and knowing it really well is very important. Uh, you know, one of, one of my favorite investors is Warren Buffett. He's a value investor. He happens to do it with companies and stocks, but we've actually adopted a lot of his thinking into our real estate thinking. You have to buy right. You have to understand cash flows. You have to understand how to manage your your balance sheet. Uh, in, in in one of the one of the terms that Warren Buffett uses is diversification, not diversification. So he thinks actually putting your eggs in very few baskets and then watching it closely may be a better strategy for an astute investor than just spreading your chips across the water and hoping that all tides rise. And I happen to subscribe to that. I mean, we look for good assets at good value, and, and we look all over the countryside to do that. Uh, but we but we do it in in our niches. So we're we're diversified geographically, but we're not necessarily diversified by what we do which is we have a core strategy, whether it's buying land or buying an apartment building, which is we want to buy good value. We want to buy below below the market. We don't want to be the market trendsetter. We want to, we want to be able to go out and get an asset at a good price where we can make you know an above-market return with a below-market risk. And that's oxymoronic. People would tell you you can't do that. But I'm going to tell you that in the real estate business, savvy investors and savvy operators can buy off of the what we'll call the historical risk return yield curve. And that's why I love real estate. Well, Bill, you talk about value investing. Value investing is really looking for cheap. It's looking for bargains, things that are underpriced, whether they're cheap or a little bit cheaper than the, than the current value. How does one find those things? Okay, in the world of real estate. Well, I, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a smi- small adjustment to the languaging here because what I'm looking for is inexpensive, not cheap. Okay. Because I've actually started out my career buying some stuff cheap. I, I bought an office building once for $2 a square foot. We, Although we made money, it wasn't near as much as you would think that you would make buying an office building for $2 a square foot. Uh, so, I, you know, I think what we look for is, first of all, you have to understand value. You have, you have to know the market. You have to know comps, you know, sales comparables. You have to know where the market is trading. And then you have to have your own internal objectives of, of, of what's my risk level and what's my return objective. You know, without those, without those bandwidths of, of how you're going to establish value, then somebody could bring you the best deal in the world. And if, and if you have no set of comparables, 
There's no way to measure that. So the, so, so the first thing we have to know is the people on my team have to know value of a number of product types across a large set of geography. And we do that by getting data sets from our various data providers that we subscribe to, local broker, appraisers, all the array of people and professionals that we use to figure that out. But then once we once we determine an area where we think you know there 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 might be an interesting opportunity here, then we drill down into understanding really what the the micro value is. What is what's the area the value in that neighborhood, and how can we do something? to change the reality of our property and improve it. So a lot of times we just we just acquired a shopping center in Sparks, Nevada. So not not in my backyard, but we bought a shopping center with high vacancy yet good cash flow based on our price. So we have we have upside, we have over 60% vacancy that we can go fill, yet we're making good current cash flow. So that represents value to me. And what it was was a, a property that had gone through, a, it was over-levered during the boom times, went through a, a, a receivership bankruptcy, and was kind of mismanaged for the last several years. So we just needed to get in and put some, some tender loving care on, resurface the parking lot, clean the building up, actually do active management be available to take the calls when people want to lease it and generate increased cash flow. And that made that from inexpensive to great value and give us, a, you know, hopefully a, an excellent return. So on the properties such as that particular property and other projects that you've, you've had, how quickly do you look to turn them over? We're relatively short-term horizon investors. Our crystal ball gets pretty fuzzy the longer we hold real estate. And separately, we do have some things that we've decided we want to hold very long. And I think that's not a bad strategy. But but the primary strategy of the firm is more of a trading mentality where we look for something that's undervalued, we fix whatever the problem was of why it was undervalued, and then we sell that asset. On average, in the last 25 years, we've held our assets for less than three years on average. But we have assets that we've held for over 10 years, and we've had assets that we've sold in 35 days. So, you know, the averages averages are not a precise number. They are averages. So I just want to remind the listeners that we're not targeting. When we go look at an asset, we don't say we're going to only hold this asset if we can get out of it in three years. But, but we feel more comfortable on a shorter horizon because we, we don't have to be as, as accurate in our prediction of what's going on with the economy. We're not generally trying to buy assets and have market lift be our savior. You know, we want to buy something where the current market rental rate is $10 and our building's at 7 and all we got to do is get it to 10 You know, if the market moves to 12 Hallelujah, we got win, and you know. But that was market win. That wasn't because we were smart. That was just because the market moved in our direction. So we we want to be able to really make value, make our returns off of things that we can see and tangibly count on. And then anything that happens in the market, good or bad, you know, it's going to affect our our outcome. But hopefully, we've ameliorated kind of the bad things that happen, and we're always willing to accept good. 
Good, good is good. We will all, every investor out there will always accept good news. What we want to do is try to minimize the amount of bad news that we bear in our portfolio. Bill, hold that right there. We need to take a short break. When we come back, speaking of changes in the marketplace, uh, let's talk about what you see happening to the real estate market as interest rates rise, which are going to happen. We don't know how soon and how far they're going to rise, but they're going to be rising over the next few years. We're talking again with Bill Shopoff of Shopoff Realty Investments out of Irvine, California, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Bill Shopoff of Shopoff Realty Investors out of Irvine, California. Bill's with us here in the studio. So, Bill, it's March 2016. Uh, the Federal Reserve has announced uh, they've already started raising interest rates. Uh, we don't know how fast that's going to be, how far it's going to go, but rising interest rates cannot be overly good news for the real estate marketplace or is not typically viewed as such. So how do you see rising interest rates affecting uh, the kinds of real estate projects, at least that you guys are involved in? Well, I, I think it's well, that's a loaded question because first, the first part of the question is, you know, what direction do we think rates are going to go? And, and I think the general trend is certainly up, but we've certainly stayed lower longer. And the, the Fed, look, the Fed raised the discount rate and People got a little bit alarmed. And then some of the economic news wasn't that good here in the United States, but even more so around the around the world. And, in, and in fact, the 10-year Treasury bill dropped substantially after the Fed discount rate rate. It did. It did. And, and so I, I think that the, the, the one thing I've I, – my classic answer to that has been if I could predict interest rates accurately – I would be on a trading desk rather than doing real estate because I could move much larger volumes of money with much greater ease and go home every night. So, I, you know, I, I, we, we, we prepare for it. And, and, and how we prepare for it is that when we stress test, we, we run our pro formas about what we think we might be selling an asset for, and we assume a rising interest rate market for our asset sales which generally means that we're going to assume a higher cap rate. So for for your listeners, a cap rate is the net operating income or the, or the earnings of the property divided by the, the sales price or purchase price, and you get to a percentage. So if you had a $100,000 earnings and you have a million-dollar asset or property value, that's a 10 cap. It's kind of a simplistic way to look at that for your, for your viewers. Well, Today you might see 
you know, high quality assets trading at the 5% cap rate range or below. Here in Orange County, we're seeing things trading well below that number. We would certainly see that that cap rate's going to rise during a rising interest rate market. Not necessarily in lockstep with interest rates, but it's going to move up as interest rates move up. And that has an inverse value, you know, inverse effect on, on purchase price or, or sales price. You know, the, the price is going to go down as the cap rate goes up. So unless your income's rising, you're going to see actually a fall in asset values if interest rates went up. If nothing else changed, but interest rates went up, which we believe will push cap rates up, then values would moderate or fall. So you have to protect yourself from that. So in, in our case, we want to buy it kind of above prevailing cap rates and then we want to add value in our in our vacant space and get that number up even higher uh, because our belief is that if we sell two or three four years from now there's at least some likelihood and some would say a high likelihood that cap rates are going to be higher which will put pressure on sales prices so to avoid unpleasant surprises on the on the the sale of an asset we try to bake that into our underwriting up front, that if cap rates stay low, interest rates stay low, then we'll be pleasantly surprised. But the other part of that is generally interest rates rising are is a result of a good economy. Correct. And so a good economy should drive higher rent rates and offset some of the change in cap rates. So I think that if people don't go out over the edge of their skis, so to speak, and they're in their you know, focused on making good acquisitions, you know, they'll be okay. The other thing is to match your duration of your debt with kind of your hold period and then with a little little insurance on the top of that. But look, if you want to buy, you know, a rental house or you want to buy an apartment building and your objective is just to own that apartment building, collect rents, then now is a great time to buy those assets because you can put long-term inexpensive debt on them and then just ride the ride along for the cash flows. And that's a great way. A lot of money's been made in the real estate business never selling. Uh, there's pretty some pretty good examples here in Orange County um, where there are people who 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 buy assets and they build assets and they seldom sell assets. They may extract value out of them by refinancing them or just merely taking their cash flow. So lots of great strategies and great ways to do it. And, and, and they certainly fit into various people's portfolio. So, Bill, uh, uh, Bill Shopoff is not the the only Shopoff Realty Investments is not the only uh, real estate investment firm out there. And you're always raising capital from various uh, uh, investors. What should an investor look at when look at looking at investing uh, with an invest real estate investment company? Well, I, there's a, there's a number of ways for for people to invest in various real estate one is have enough capital to do it on your own if you were so inclined to go invest and manage and do all of the the things that you have to do you can go buy you know go buy houses duplexes apartments whatever your capital allows you to do for those those that want to be management free headache free there are opportunities to invest and and those run across the spectrum people could invest in publicly traded uh, real estate investment trusts; those are listed securities. Uh, you can invest in those either directly in the firms, or you could invest in one of a number of mutual funds that focus in the real estate arena. 
so that's one avenue. There's there's others. There's uh, non public or non traded but public real estate investment trust, and then there's private placement offerings. Those are are typically things where you have to know the developer, the project sponsor, uh, or know some other way to get to them. And I, and I would say generally, you know, through people's financial advisor, we'll have some opportunities to uh, to look at different. Uh, ways to get at those different approaches, be it uh, you know the private placement, the public offering, or the uh, actual publicly traded securities. So, well, what kind of structure does Shop Off Realty Investments use? We have a couple of different al- alternatives. We actually have a a California public offering, and that allows non-accredited investors to acquire interest in our projects. So and, a non-accredited investor is somebody who does not have to reach a certain threshold of net worth or income in order to be able to that, invest. That's correct. To be an accredited investor, uh, to go buy private placements, you have to be an accredited investor. There's some other qualifications, but we'll focus on cre- accredited today. Uh, you have to have a million-dollar net worth exclusive of your home and furnishings and, and or or a $200,000 income single or $300,000 income married and any reasonable expectation that that income is going to continue. So that, that gets you into the accredited investors club, so to speak. And that opens up this array of private placements uh, that you, you might consider. It may be appropriate for people. I think what they have to consider is, you know, is the private placement the right place for you? You know, the difference of buying a publicly traded security is you have full liquidity you know you you change your mind you want your money back you can go down to your stockbroker and you can turn that into cash in you know three days the private placements typically is an illiquid security uh, where you're along for the duration of the investment and then the non-traded REITs probably somewhere in the middle most are pretty illiquid, but some have some type of redemption feature that in a case of an emergency, investors might be able to access their money. And I'll say might just because you'd have to understand the specific uh, investment alternative. And for that, you would read the, the prospectus or the PPM if it's a private placement, which are these large documents that are put together to explain what the investment parameters are and that's something that if you're going to be a prudent investor, you have to understand what the business premise is. And so you need to read their business plan, and that's in that document embedded in there along with with risk factors and other things that are very important for an investor to consider if this is the right thing for him or, him or her to do. So your funding sources, uh, again, are often, I, I presume you have partners such as uh, banks and uh, insurance companies and the like, as well as uh, individual investors who have invested with you guys over the years as well as probably people who are by individual investors brought to you by investment advisors and investment professionals all, all, all of the above we've uh, we've had institutional partners for the better part of the last 25 years uh, and, and we work on many projects with with our institutional partners and then we've had uh, what we would call the more uh, retail or private investor. And we've also been working with those people since the inception of the company. It's how we got our start and how we continue to to uh, fund the appropriate projects. So, Bill, uh, one of the questions we always ask our guest uh, is, what keeps you awake at night? 
you know, I think uh, right now we're in uh, we're in the political season, and if you know if that doesn't keep you awake at night for the entertainment value, uh, <laughs> then it then it certainly does for just the trying to make prognostications about what that impact is going to be on our nation. So that that's one of the things um, I, I think. Uh, you know, general economic upheaval, both both within the United States borders, but certainly outside the country. You know, when I got into the real estate business 35 years ago, you know, I was worried about what happened. I lived in Austin, Texas at the time, and I worried about what happened in Austin, Texas, and really not a lot else. And the world has gotten very small in the last 35 years. And now I, you know, now I have to pay attention to now what's happening here in Orange County. I have to pay attention to what's happening all over the planet. Because it all impacts me. It impacts interest rates. It impacts perception of investors. The markets become much more volatile. Uh, prices move up and down. It, it, you know, when I was following the stock market as a young man, you know, I never saw these swings like we see today. And I mean, it's, you know, it's a wild, it's a wild ride. You know, we have a, we have a stock market that's largely driven by computer trading. Majority of the trades are, are machine traded. You know, it, it moves quickly. So that's one of the things is also as I you know as I've been around for a long time is I have to be speedier than I once was even though I'm older and maybe theoretically slower I can't be slower I have to be fast about it uh, and then I'd say you know the other thing is just global terrorism I would say that's that's just one that I, I can't manage in my day-to-day business so you know it's it, it causes me anxiety well, and it, it, it should, I'm sure. Second question we always like to ask is, uh, what book on investing would you recommend to our listeners? You know, as, as I'm, a, uh, as I'm a, a value investor, you know, I've, I've studied a lot of the, of the value investors. And I, and I had the opportunity actually to partner with one of, the, one of the great value investors of all times, not somebody that's well-known, but there's a gentleman named Seth Klarman, and, and he wrote a book called Margin of Safety. And it, it, it is not in the mainstream press. It's not easy to find. Uh, but it is a great book. Seth Klarman is the, is the founder of the Baupost Group, which is one of the larger hedge funds in the world and uh, been very, very successful. And what, what I like about their business principles is they manage to make great returns yet keep a high level of liquidity at any time to be able to take advantage of the next great re- opportunity. Uh, so I, I think that's that's something that I've always had uh, great regard for that firm and his incest team, and I found it to be really an exceptional uh, read. It's you know it's 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 a little bit dated, but great advice never goes out of date. Graham and Dodd's Securities Analysis, one of the one of the great books also. So I would say those two. So Okay, well thank you. Uh, for our listeners, spell uh Klarman for us, will you? It's, it's K L A R M A N. Okay. Margin they, of safety. And if they do a Google search, they'll they'll yeah. find they'll find information that'll lead them how to find that. Okay. That's great. Thanks so much. So give us uh, how somebody can learn more about uh, Shop Off Realty Investments. Well, I think, you know, the, the, the as I said, probably the best way would be to talk to their financial advisor and say, you know, we, we heard about this group and we'd be interested to hear more and, uh, and, and urge their financial advisor to, to help them do the digging 
uh, on their behalf. I think that's always a good way is to have a good partner in trying to figure out how you're going to uh, you're going to deploy your capital. We're out there. We uh, we're certainly uh, happy to talk to folks and, uh, and and guide them. You know, some some people will be of interest to some people, but other people, you know, we'll just help them get to the right answers. Okay, uh, how about a website? Shopoff.com is our website. S-H-O-P-O-F-F.com. Okay, great. So, Bill, final words for our listeners here. You know, look, I think that uh, we continue to uh, see tumultuousness in the uh, in the economic world, but I've been doing this for 25 years. I've certainly had my uh, learning experiences, but real estate has been a great avenue for me to make a living for my family, to make investing profits for my family, but also for hundreds of investors that have done business with us. And I would say if you're not actively involved in real estate investing, I would urge you to look at it today. Bill, thank you very much. We appreciate that. We've been talking with uh, Bill Shopoff of Shopoff Realty Investments in Irvine, California. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. And uh, we wish you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. 